billions each year. Why does that matter to you? And how can we stop it? Welcome to Tech First Draft with John Kutsir. Ad fraud we know is huge. I've seen estimates ranging from $10 billion to as high as $40 billion a year globally. Just today, Google kicked out 600 apps with over 4.5 billion downloads out of Google Play. We have Luke Taylor today with us, the founder and COO of Traffic Guard. He's going to tell us how it works, how to stop it, and yeah, even talk a little bit about how it impacts you, me, and the average everyday person. So let's bring Luke in right now. Hello, Luke. Hey, John. Where are you joining us from? Uh, from Perth, Australia this morning. Wonderful. So it's your morning, my afternoon. Perfect. You said you're on your first coffee. I'm on my last. If I drank coffee, we're ready to go. Perfect. Excellent. Um, let's start here and let's talk about the fraudsters. Um, the people who are committing all this that's costing $10 billion, $20 billion, $15 billion, whatever the real number is. How much money can you make as an ad fraudster? What are they? What are they collecting? Yeah, a, a lot. I think um, you know, Juniper uh, Research is projecting that it'll be a hundred billion by twenty twenty three. Right. So these numbers are uh, these numbers are really getting uh, crazy. Um, for the fraudster, um, it's uh, it's pretty easy picking. Like it's an easy target. There's lots of money there. Um, there's uh, been reports that you know there's more money to be made in ad fraud than there is in uh, in drugs currently. So uh, it, you know it's a it's a pretty uh, large target for for organized crime and fraud. So if you're the average, so if you're the average ad fraudster and um, you've got a let's say a medium size campaign or 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 quote unquote company um, that's in ad fraud. What are you making? Are you pulling in 5 million, 10 million, $20 million a year, something like that? Uh, I, I think at the, uh, the minimum, I think the, you know, the scale of these advertisers, these uh, fraudsters could be, um, you know, individuals that are pulling in that kind of uh, money to, to major corporations that are involved in uh, fraud that, you know, are doing many multiples of that. Yes, exactly. And whether um, they are 100% fraudulent or not, we don't know. But Cheetah Mobile, for instance, is a major corporation that, that Google has basically said, you're not welcome on, on Google Play. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, it's not the typical, um, you know, kid at home kind of sitting behind his, uh, his computer on his own that's, uh, that's causing this, right? It's, it's people that have thousands of employees um, targeting, uh, targeting advertising and, uh, and stealing dollars away from advertisers. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to get into different kinds of ad fraud. We're going to get into um, a lot of those and, and how to stop them, how to find them, other things like that. But let's relate this, first of all, to the average person uh, in technology who's wondering why they care. Okay, so advertisers are spending a lot of money. Fraudsters are, are, are taking a bunch of it. I, it seems like a victimless crime to me if I'm not in the industry. Why does ad fraud matter to the average person? Well, I guess, you know, m many average uh, people are, uh, are business owners and any business owner that's advertising is going to be affected by this. Like it's not just affecting large uh, brand corporations that are spending millions of dollars on, uh, on advertising. You know, it's affecting everybody down to spending hundreds of dollars uh, a week, maybe on, uh, on just local search um, and, uh, and trying to advertise their business. I guess, um, you know, more generally for the, for the consumer here, like it's their data and it's their battery life and it's their dollars. 
um, you know, ultimately they're paying uh, for all of this advertising somewhere. Um, many, much of the, um, the fraud is occurring like on mobile devices, on their desktop, where malicious applications are running um, in, the, in the background, uh, producing all of this uh, fraudulent activity. Yeah, I, I believe I read or, or saw a study uh, probably even a year ago by now that something around 80% of the data that some people were using, I guess they weren't heavy video users, was actually ads running in the background or other yeah. things like that. I assume another challenge here is that we rely on ad-supported services. I mean, I use Gmail, you use Gmail. Uh, I use Google, you use Google. I use Facebook, I don't know if you do. Other things like that. Those are ad-supported services. And whether we like that or not, whether that's done good things to our economies and our societies or not, if a lot of that ad revenue is getting taken off the top, that's got to have some impact. I guess the... Um... You know, for majority of the fraud, we believe it's at the at the far end of the funnel. So, you know, if you're looking at the the Google and uh, and those kind of platforms that are, that are ad funded, like it's the publisher. You know, it's the person that Google's then paying um, that is uh, that's committing the fraud. Um, and then, you know, everybody in between just takes a clip of it. So yeah. that's where you know, if we don't do something about this, then um, you know, we're, we're all um, kind of involved um, in, uh, in this process. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, good. Let's talk about some ad types specifically. So I'll mention a type. I'll throw it out there. You tell me what it is and how to prevent it. We'll start with a really old one, App Install Farms. Right. So App Install Farms, you've seen the pictures, lots of phones, big warehouse, could be, uh, you know, operated by people um, or could be automated. But really, they're just installing apps. Uh, removing those apps, reinstalling them, rinse and repeat, like all day, every day. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. That's at the bottom end of of technological sophistication. But the next one, SDK spoofing, that's kind of more technical. Yeah, so SDK spoofing um, is really going hard against the the mobile measurement platform, right? It's it's compromising the signal between their SDK and their uh, and their application, um, and then reproducing like. Um, creating a synthetic signal so that they don't even need to install the application. So instead of having all of those real devices that they need to orchestrate, um, they can simply have uh, you know a, a server, an application themselves that's just sending, replaying data um, from uh, from somewhere else. Exactly. And so to give some context as well for people who are watching, um, SDK spoofing, of course, is when, when ad fraud that's happening when people are paying for app installs. Uh, and that's big business. I mean, there's billions of dollars in, in, in just the U.S. alone and probably over 10 to, to $15 billion spent globally on getting people to install your app. So uh, there's a lot of uh, misattribution or other uh, SDK spoofing that goes on there. Actually, that's the next one, misattribution. Talk about that one, click spam, click injection, that sort of thing. You're saying that's where 80% of the fraud occurs? Yeah. So um, like for a lot of our um, clients that are running mobile, um, that's where we see a lot of the fraud. And, um, you know, we're able to prevent a lot of that through mitigating at the click. So attribution relies on, uh, on two components. One is either an impression or a click um, that passes in some information that, uh, that um, you know, says who the traffic source is, like who's going to be rewarded for an install that might be generated from this. And then at the other end, it's the, the install, like the conversion uh, point. And so attribution is tying those two things together. 
So what the fraudsters are doing is just sending so much signal um, with their own name stamped against it so that, uh, you know, they have the highest opportunity of then matching uh, an install that comes in. Um, and so we're able to defend against that to, you know, prevent this type of uh, fraud by mitigating um, at, the, at the click. And 80% you know, of the fraud that we see is through misattribution um, and 90% of that fraud we're actually able to mitigate at the click level. So, you know, we're blocking, you know, hundreds of millions of, uh, of clicks on a daily basis that are attempting to, uh, to cause this type of fraud. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I've, I've consulted with Tune in the past, which was an MMP. I've consulted and still do a bit of consulting with Singular, which is an MMP. And sometimes in the data, I've seen uh, platforms or, or networks where you saw uh, literally tens of thousands of clicks uh, per install. <laughs> and you're pretty sure that if you're seeing tens of 80,000 clicks or 60,000 clicks for every one app install that those clicks generated, there's something a little bit fishy going on. No, that's uh, that's exactly right. But um, you know, trying to convince some people of just that basic uh, observation is uh, is still difficult. Like, there's still lots of education that needs to be done on uh, on fraud in general. It's amazing. Talk about domain spoofing. So, domain spoofing. Um, you know, we spoke about the malware or uh, toolbars. That's uh, you know um, something recent. Uh, Google just removed a whole load of uh, browser extensions. Um, Firefox. Uh, you know, last month. Um, these, uh, these type of uh, malware right, resides on people's um, local computer and then as they navigate through different websites is able to then um, change up the domain. So, you know, a site that, um, that is not premium can be represented as one that, that, uh, that is or, you know, a site that's just covered solely in ads um, says that, you know, it's the New York Times. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you think you're buying ads on the New York Times. You're actually buying ads on A321BC.com exactly. or something like that. Yeah. Some total made up domain. <laughs> and, you know, this is, uh, um, this is typical of pretty much everything in, uh, in what we do is that you can't trust any piece of information that you receive. So a large part of detecting fraud is trying to determine um, through our, you know, the data that we've collected over a large period of time through further enrichment, which things we can have some trust in and which things are likely um, so that we can determine whether it's a real engagement or, uh, or a fraudulent one. Exactly. So obviously we've moved from mobile app install, the, the mobile app install world to the web world. Let's continue and stay there a second and talk about cookie stuffing. Mm -hmm. So cookie stuffing, like this is, uh, this is a decade old um, uh, technique you know, like Amazon, uh, eBay, Google have all had uh, lawsuits against uh, companies in the past for, for exactly um, this. And it basically it is to place a cookie on, uh, on a consumer's browser from multiple sites so that then when they go and convert at one of these uh, places, um, they get the reward. So, you know, very similar to the techniques of, uh, of click spam from mobile. Um, just, uh, you know, a really old um, method from, uh, from the browser world. And, you know, this is, still, uh, this is still ongoing. Like all of those big guys that I mentioned have, uh, have closed out um, their uh, affiliate uh, campaigns. Like, you know, they don't, um, they don't run this type of uh, advertising anymore. But, um, you know, there's still lots of people that are running this and are susceptible to this kind of, you know, very trivial fraud. 
Exactly. So to a little more context around there, what might be happening is you go somewhere to, and you buy something, maybe it's on Amazon, maybe it's somewhere else, but somebody's getting a commission on that, or somebody's getting, um, a, even a bounty on that. Uh, you buy an information product for instance, and there's a $50 bounty or a $20 bounty or something like that. And somebody who has stuffed cookies all over the place gets credit for that rather than the actual place that you clicked on, uh, to go buy that thing. Uh, very insidious stuff and ancient as you're talking about. Yeah. This I mean, one is yeah. also ancient. Uh, hidden ads or ad stacking. We've seen that for a long time. We now see it in mobile as well, correct? Yeah, like there's um, there's some apps that um, that uh, we've been looking into lately, and you know, within three seconds of opening the app, you get uh, you get ten ads. A couple of those are full screens, just overlaid over themselves. So, um, you know, this um, this is definitely starting to happen uh, more in mobile. Um, but it's just increasing inventory. Like when you've got a website that's only got a certain amount of space um, to display ads, if, uh, if you want to increase um, the amount of ads that you can display to a user, like you just put 10 of them in the same spot. Um, you know, that, uh, that consumer is never going to see the other nine, um, but, um, you know, they still charge for them uh, nonetheless. And all of a sudden your browser is just, you know, using up all your CPU and you have no idea. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is why people should care, right? Because, uh, you know, they wonder why their brand new phone uh, or laptop, you know, doesn't last, uh, doesn't last more than a couple of hours. It's, uh, it's unfortunately uh, due to ad fraud. Exactly. Cool. Let's move up the ladder a little bit in terms of sophistication and talk about bots and server-based fraud. So um, server-based fraud, um, you know, less sophisticated um, in, uh, in their approach. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty trivial to determine uh, if something's operated from a, a server nowadays. And, you know, it should be something that everybody is protecting against. Um, bots can range from something that, um, that is good, you know. So it might be that you see um, a... Uh, a certification bot or, you know, a Google bot or some good bot that's actually performing some kind of, uh, of uh, service across the advertising. Obviously, you don't want to pay for that as, a, as an advertiser, um, but, um, you know, that's an example of something good that we might see. Um, and then there's, you know, the bad bots, and they can range from, um, from pretty trivial uh, examples to highly sophisticated bots that can download an application, install it, you know, play the game um, for uh, for days um, through uh, through that to be able to you know really um, produce an outcome. Like many of these games might be paying for a purchase after level seven, say, and yes. the reward for that is uh, is far greater. So you know they might earn uh, tens of dollars for for that kind of uh, conversion, uh, and so they're you know they're incentivized to uh, to put in this effort. That's super interesting, of course, because what we've seen in the industry over the past few years is people moving from a, a pay per install CPI type model, or at least for an app install uh, model to a CPA as cost, uh, you know, you pay per activity or engagement or something like that happening in your app, a level being passed or something. So you had some, it was sort of down funnel. You sort of had some yeah. idea that there was an actual person there. They were actually playing the game or using the app and actually creating an account, maybe or other things like that. And now sophisticated uh, fraudsters are mimicking that. And, um, and that's pretty hard to tell. Yeah, definitely. Like they're, um, you know, they have all of the same tools 
um, at their disposal that um, that we do on on the other side of the fight. And you know, they're highly financed, right? They're you know hundreds of millions Self-financed. of self-financed. Right? Yes. Like so, um, they uh, and as we mentioned at the beginning, like some of these are corporations that have uh, thousands of people working for them. So um, you know, these things can get uh, very sophisticated. Yes. One other that you added to our list here is malware engagement. Talk to me about that. So becoming more prevalent, I think, because it's being it's become easier to identify things that are happening from servers, um, then, you know, this malware is getting pushed out to the consumer level, um, trying to operate, um, um, you know, through proxies or rotating IPs is difficult. So, you know, just moving out to domestic IPs through using the consumer's own browser, um, you know, it's cheap. They don't have to pay for the resources. Uh, and so we're seeing that uh, malware is more prevalent, um, especially in, in mobile. Like there's been nearly every month, um, uh, you know, a huge number of apps that uh, Google has removed um, due, to, uh, due to malware. And lots of, um, lots of this is just on the, the ad fraud. You know, obviously there, uh, there's other uh, impacts there. So stealing data. Um, and, uh, you know, other things that consumers would be concerned about. But, um, you know, nearly every single one of them has a component of ad fraud because that's how they monetize all of this. Exactly. Or stealing the data, of course, as well. And then one, one key factor you can look for there if you're looking to install an app, if it wants every permission possible, <laughs> that's right. <or> a flashlight, <laughs> yes. maybe not a good idea. Yes. Uh, let's talk about attribution fraud a little bit and and maybe give a 30-second intro to, first of all, what is attribution? Why does it matter? Why has an attribution area even come up? And then what's attribution fraud? So I guess a- attribution is um, is the advertiser determining who um, they should reward, like who they should pay for, their, for the effort of engaging the consumer. Right? So um, they want to acquire new users to their mobile application. Um, they engage a number of parties to be able to send them those users, and they need to determine um, which party uh, sent which users. And so they employ a mobile measurement uh, platform who's able to do the attribution between the click uh, of an ad and the install of the application. Yeah, exactly. And of course, there's a broader area of attribution as well, right? For every advertiser, you want to know what ads worked, what audiences resonated, where did I, when I put ads in 15 or 500 different places, which ones of them should I continue buying in, that sort of thing. But in the mobile space specifically, we've had these MMPs come up, these mobile measurement uh, platforms, mobile measurement partners who will then kind of arbitrate that and, and, and look over both and say, hey, this, this ad was clicked on here and created that result. Um, talk about some of the fraud that happens there. Yeah, so like unsurprisingly, like as the mobile measurement platform is the decision maker um, in who gets rewarded, like who gets paid, um, they have been the target of, uh, of much of this fraud. So, um, you know, we mentioned click spam and click injection earlier. Um, these techniques are, are highly focused at the attribution um, to be able to overwhelm the MMP uh, so that they can't make the correct decision. Um, in, the, in the industry broadly, like last click is still the method of attribution. That means that the, the source that sent the last uh, click engagement prior to the install uh, gets the reward. And so, you know, it's just keep sending um, clicks and then, you know, hopefully you're the last uh, source and you get the, you get the reward. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, you talked about some conflicts of, conflicts of interest in the industry. Uh, explain a little bit more about that. So the the conflict, um, you know, especially with the MMP, if they're charging um, for paid sources, but they're not charging for organic installs, it makes it very difficult for them to to you know not attribute uh, an install to a paid source, right? Like they can't say that every uh, especially every if they're charging organic, per, exactly, especially if they're charging per attribution. Yes. So you know, then many of them just pay, charge per paid uh, source attribution. Right. So if they say that it's organic, um, you know, they don't get paid. So they're kind of incentivized to find a source that uh, is appropriate. Um, and, you know, that makes it uh, a hard judgment. Um, they need to, uh, you know, they, they need to make money uh, in their process. Absolutely. And, and just a note here, uh, having um, uh, actually uh, consulted with two attribution providers over the past probably decade or something like that, there are some attribution platforms that do charge per attribution. And there are some that are kind of a, it's a software as a, plat, as, as a service platform and you pay a flat fee for an attribution mm -hmm. service. So that could have some impact in, in those decisions um, and in that uh, conflict of interest or perceived conflict of interest. Okay, cool. So let's talk about you a little bit. Um, and, and, and let's talk about what you do and how you find the fraudsters. Um, you know, what, what are you looking for? Uh, what technology do you employ? And, and tell us a little bit more about that. So traffic guard is, uh, is ad fraud prevention. Um, so we're a multi-point multi-channel solution. Um, that basically means that we're analyzing signal across um, the entire uh, consumer engagement funnel. So right at the impression, click, um, install or conversion, and then any post activity. So whether that be inside the application or um, across, the, uh, across the website. Um, and, uh, and prevention being that as early as possible, um, we're looking to, uh, to mitigate that. And mitigation in most cases means that it just doesn't get into the attribution pool. So like we're not looking to, um, to defend the website against these uh, users. Um, we're looking to defend the attribution um, against these uh, fraudulent uh, engagements so that uh, these sources can't get rewarded. Um, how we do that, um, you know, lots of, uh, lots of domain knowledge, I think, is, uh, is highly relevant to fighting this, uh, this issue. Um, and um, and lots, of, uh, lots of data science and engineering. Um, we have um, some, you know, some really great people uh, that have uh, been looking at this problem for a long time um, and, you know, continue to, uh, to hunt down these things uh, every day. And then, of course, technology. Like um, when we first started this, things were uh, a lot harder. But yes. um, you know, technology, uh, as, as we know, um, you know, constantly evolves. Um, a whole range of uh, of ability now to run uh, ML um, that we didn't have before. And you know, these things uh, streamline our processes. They allow us to to do it across more data. Uh, in quicker um, turnaround. So where we might have run something in batch, we can now run that in real time, which you know, really uh, helps our ability to, uh, to then prevent in real time. Um, and we can start focusing uh, on, uh, on a surgical approach. So you know, we can evaluate every single transaction in real time uh, on its own merits uh, using ML techniques rather than having a batch process that just classifies like a whole traffic source um, and just blocks them at the uh, at the end of the day. 
So, yeah. you know, we're, we're providing the protection, but we're also providing our clients the ability to scale. Like we're not just telling them, guys, just stop advertising. That's the solution. Um, you know, we're uh, you know we're looking at every interaction and uh, and just um, you know mitigating their risk to ad fault. And it's really critical to find where you've got good ads and where you've got bad ads coming from, right? Because you're making future allocation decisions on marketing budget based on the results you're seeing right now. And if those yeah. results are skewed, so if you're seeing that uh, channel X is really working, we got like 300% return on ad spend there. This is awesome. And you <laughs> throw the rest of your budget there. You might be throwing that into a black hole. Um, it's yeah. really, really important to get it right. That's right. And, you know, some of the, um, some of our clients, like the service we're providing to them um, is not, uh, you know, they're not in performance advertising. And so it's not the attribution component, but it's the clarity of data. So, you know, they're still running analytics. They've still got a CRM. They're still looking at their sales uh, funnel. And if it's polluted with all of this fraudulent engagement, um, then they're looking at the wrong, uh, they're looking at the wrong stats, like all of their KPIs are affected. Um, and so, you know, that's a component of the service that we provide as well. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. So let's say we've, we, we, we've implemented a solution. We're finding uh, the bad ads. We're finding the fraud. It's wonderful. We're super happy. We're excited. Google kicks a bunch of apps out of the Google Play. Uh, some of the, um, um, the, the ad networks kick out some of their publisher sources, that sort of thing. What happens? Um, it, the next day, the next week, the next month, something else pops up, right? Yeah, it, you know, that's, um, that's the nature of this. I think the, the advertising uh, ecosystem has so many layers um, that the, the ultimate fraudster at the top of the funnel could be sitting behind many networks, right? So when they get uh, blocked at one, um, you know, they're still running with, uh, with hundreds more. So, you know, they're, uh, they're not affected as, uh, as much. Um, for our solution, and uh, you know, the, I think the real point of difference in how we apply this is that we're not looking in post to try and remove these sources. Um, by applying this uh, prevention in real time, um, this is all automated, right? So what we see is that, the, that those traffic sources are unable to, um, to make money or are impeded from making as much money. And so naturally in the optimization of campaigns, they drop out. Yes. Right? They don't continue to send fraud. So nobody has to actually go remove them like they're just the people you never hear from before. Uh, again, you know, you're removing so, the economic incentive. Exactly, and so I think that's the biggest way to to tackle this problem is is disrupt um, their ability to make money, um, and then um, you know the the problem will uh, will be removed. Interesting. I think what's also interesting, I've seen a lot in terms of fraud and fraud solutions and other things like that. A lot of the companies that I've consulted with have had solutions like that as well. Um, but you're, you're, you're over mobile and desktop. You're, you're kind of omni-channel, correct? That's right. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, mobile is a large component. Um, there's a lot of fraud there, but, uh, you know, desktop uh, as well. And so uh, many of our clients are in e-commerce, like traditional e-commerce, and they're still running web properties where is the majority of, uh, of their traffic. Um, but we're also in channels like PPC, right? So where smaller advertisers, maybe with only thousands of dollars budget, um, are, uh, are advertising, you know, their local services. Uh, and even in those areas, if they're running across uh, display network, we see like one in three uh, engagements as being fraudulent. 
Wow. And, the, you know, even the type of fraud changes there. Um, that could be just your competitor down the road clicking your ads and exhausting your budget, <laughs> right? Um, you know, rather than uh, somebody with his uh, bot empire um, running it. But it's fraud nonetheless, right? And um, it should uh, it should still be tackled. There have been cases where competitors have sent bots to click on ads for the competitors and just increase their marketing costs. So that does happen too. <laughs> it's a pretty dirty pool, but... <laughs> It does happen. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Luke. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who is joining us on this show as well. Uh, if you've been the first time, if this is the first time you've been on Tech First Draft, great. Uh, please like it, subscribe it, share, comment, or all of the above. If you're on the podcast later on, great. Please rate it and review it. That'd be a massive help. Thank you so much. Until next time, this is John Kutzier with Tech First Draft. <laughs>